Good afternoon, Woke fam. It's Scott here from Woke Societies. Today, we'll be looking at what the mainstream media is calling the Friday Night Massacre. If you didn't hear, Trump and his new postmaster, General Louis DeJoy, overhauled over 20 executives at the USPS last night and are restructuring the entire organization. The Dems obviously don't like this, and we'll definitely be getting into why. Joe Biden says he has a running mate, but then he backtracks. More pedophile rings are being busted just as of last night, and apparently NASA is changing names of celestial bodies that won't be so offensive. This and so much more in today's episode, but let's get into a word from our sponsor. Guys, I've been talking about him for months and we're still talking about him today. We're talking about Flip City Magazine, America's Last Laugh. This is a comedy satire magazine built by two people from California who pour their blood, sweat, and tears into this. It's a funny, hilarious magazine. And the best part about it, guys, it is PC free. What you're seeing here right now is the latest issue. When you subscribe today, this is what you're going to be getting. And guys, like I said, this is for the this is for family. This is for friends. This is something you keep on the shelf for a very long time. It's a snapshot of history and it's really funny because it makes fun of the same people that we talk about on this show all the time. So Scott, how much is this magazine? Well, when you go over to their website at flipcitymag.com, you're going to see where you can subscribe. The links are there. The pages are there for you to view and for all that good stuff. Check out their link. And when you go, guys, it's $20 for four issues. That is a year subscription. There's one magazine per quarter. It's $20, which breaks it down to $5 a magazine. We're not breaking your bank. It's really cheap and it's really affordable and it's a great product. And the best part about it is they are now shipping international. So everyone around the world can now enjoy laughing at these people all over the world together on this channel with all of us. So remember, guys. When you support my sponsor, you're supporting Woke Society. So thank you for letting me do that. So guys, where I want to begin, I want to begin with Portland. And the only reason why I want to do this is because there was a woman in the riots last night. She was an older lady and she was standing up to Antifa, BLM. She was trying to protect the police station out there. She was by herself, an older woman standing in front of these monsters and what I want you guys to see here is this woman's courage. This is from Andy No. An older woman tried to stop Antifa riders from continuing their attack on the Portland Police East Precinct tonight. She stood in the front and they dumped some white liquid all over her and cursed her out, which we later found out was paint. So I want you guys to watch this. I want you to see this lady's courage. And I'm going to see you guys on the other side of the intro. Take a watch. This woman had more balls than Ted Wheeler ever could. I'm 
Thanks for tuning in to the land of the real But it's like the twilight zone, the plan is surreal It'll blow your mind when the plan is revealed Bring your thoughts to light, all the plans they conceal Grab your flashlight, it's time to go down the rabbit hole It's dark and hell is hot, dealing with satanic souls The tide is turning, patriots are now in control Apply aggressive pressure right now until they fold, stay woke Open up your eyes and keep them healed All they do is lie, realize not everything is real Through projects looking glass, the future is revealed Future proves past, but there won't be any deals Both societies, fam, you know it's time to go Grab your popcorn, sit back now Enjoy the show, severe and non on the mic So come on, enjoy the flow The wave is rising and you know it's only gonna grow Alright guys Thanks for joining here with me at Woke Societies. Again, I'm Scott, the creator of the channel. You guys just saw that. That was out in Portland yesterday. That was in Portland. The riots are still going on. And this older woman here standing in front of the police station, trying to protect it, do what she can, standing up to these people. And these these rioters, these disgusting people, pour paint all over this, this, this lady's head, all of her face, screaming at her, not letting her talk. And telling her to put her effing mask on. And meanwhile, while this is all going on, this uh, tweet here from Tim Pool really resonated with me because it's it's absolutely true. Tim Pool writes here on Twitter, I wonder how many votes Trump just got from the video of Black Lives Matter riders attacking an old woman and splashing her in the face with paint. And just look at that picture. And for everyone out on the podcast, it's literally, there's a black man here with a full-on helmet, looks like a respirator, and... As far as I know, she wasn't beaten, but she was very aggressively, people were in her face, cursing at her, throwing things at her. And this woman, she looks terrified, but she's standing in the faces of these people, not budging, trying to talk, trying to have a conversation. And this picture here of this, of the, there's a black man, it looks like he's holding a fist to her chest or under her chin. And she is standing there. She looks frightened, but she didn't back down. And this image to me, images like this is what's going to solidify Trump's, Trump's win in November. Because everyone in the world knows about the riots. They're still going on right now. I hate talking about them, but they're, they're here still. And seeing that video of this older, it's, it's, it, things bother me when it's children and older, and older people. And when you see this, when you see paint poured in this woman's face, you can see it. It's all over her. She is scared, but she did not back down. And I hope to God this lady made it out to wherever she needed to go to after she did what she did. But I said the whole thing about Ted Wheeler. Ted Wheeler is out there wiping his eyes off because he got maced. He just, he looks like, he looks like a little bitch to be completely honest. And you have this older lady here who's standing up to these people just trying to have a conversation. Has shown more balls than that man probably ever could in his entire life. But Tim Poles is absolutely right. I wonder how many votes Trump just got from the video of Black Lives Matter riders attacking an old woman splashing her in the face with paint. Probably a whole bunch. And these polls that are out there right now, they're lying. They're not accounting for any of these things. And they can't. It's impossible. But just being a human being, having common sense, seeing what's going out in the world... You can, you can clearly tell where this is going. And the best part about it here is this video from Red Nation Rising. This is from a, a girl here who is part of Antifa. 
And look at what she says here. I'll let you guys listen first and then we'll read what the tweet said. Stop sharing videos and pictures of people at riots. The police are tracking these people down and by posting pictures of them, you are threatening their lives. So please stop posting pictures of them. So the people that are burning down buildings, beating people for their religious views, beating people that do not agree with them, the same ones that are saying how inclusive they are, unless you don't agree with us, then we will put you down. These same people, as you can just see here, are the ones saying that the ones exposing them are putting their lives in danger. And the tweet from Red Nation Rising says Antifa and BLM are begging people to stop posting videos and pictures of riots because it's getting them arrested. These people, I hope one day, these Antifa folks, I don't know if all of them can be saved as far as the how far they're brainwashed and mentally warped. But some of them can be saved and some of them I don't I don't think they can be. I don't think they can be because to, to, sit, to, to put a video up there like that and, and asking people not to take videos of this and, and, can't, and record them. And we've seen, the, we've seen in these riots, people, they have their video cameras, they're talking, and they're just filming and they, they, get, they get bum rushed simply for recording because they're afraid of DHS rolling up on them from the night prior, rolling up on them for throwing explosives, throwing fireworks, blinding people with lasers. They don't want to be filmed because they know DHS is watching and they will go after them in unmarked vehicles because otherwise they would never be able to catch them. And apparently to the Democrats, that is something that is completely illegal and stuff that stormtroopers do. Apparently the, it's just, it, the hypocrisy is insane. It's insane. And it's, it, it, I'm trying to work on my own anger issues as far as dealing with this content on a daily basis and we can't, we can't try to get so emotional about it, but we can't be really surprised at how seriously crazy these people are. It blows my mind. But to cheer you up a little bit, we had a perfect, perfect tongue-in-cheek moment from our POTUS here, from the Daily Caller on Twitter. This was, this was Trump yesterday in Bedminster, New Jersey. And a reporter asked him, just in this room, you have dozens of people who are not following the guidelines. Let's listen to the epic response that the president gives to this reporter. It's great. Dollars a week? Uh, I won't say that yet. You'll see that when it happens. But we have the money. Will you say what? Number? We have it, Justin. We have plenty of money. Yeah, please go ahead. Thank you, Mr. President. You said that the pandemic is disappearing, but we lost 6,000 Americans this week. And just in this room, you have dozens of people who are not following the guidelines in New Jersey, which say you should not have more. No, they don't have It's a political activity. You're wrong on that because it's a political activity. They have exceptions, political activity, and it's also a peaceful protest. So when you have, and, and as you know, they asked if they could do You know, they, a number of, and for me, they look like they all have, pretty much all have masks on. But, uh, you know, you have an exclusion in the law. It says peaceful protests or political activity, right? In fact, specifically, yeah, it says exactly. Trump gives it right back to him. And who, I don't know where this, this must have been a larger event or a larger press hearing in uh, Jersey. And the guy's, being, the guy's being an asshole. The reporter's trying to get him. And he's like, just here in this room, there's, there's about 12 people that you know, aren't following the guidelines. And Trump's like, well, this is, this is a political gathering, isn't it? This is what we would call a peaceful protest nowadays, right? And then you hear the crowd cheering. 
He throws it right back into their face and the reporter stumbles on his words and he doesn't know what to say in response to that. And Trump continues to railroad him. Deservedly so. Because it's the the stupidity of this entire situation and the, the, the term peaceful protest makes me sick because the Dems have warped those words now into something that is... It, they take things, and this is why I name my channel Woke Societies. They take these terms that actually mean something, woke, peaceful protest, and they turn it into a mirror. And they what they're actually doing is the completely opposite of the definition of the word. The term woke gets used all the time for leftist uh, ideology, leftist thinking, and peaceful protest now equals rioters and people burning down buildings and those people are the ones are allowed to do whatever they want they don't wear masks they're gathering in in huge numbers but people can't go to church they can't even go to church and this is why this is why i love this president trump puts it right back in his face it's a peaceful protest and the reporter had nothing to say about it which was absolutely fantastic so Let's switch gears here to Joe Biden because the media up until this point, they're calling it the three gaffes that Joe Biden was uh, that I explained in the last video on Thursday where he said pretty much the uh, the black the black uh, African African American community they're pretty much not really diverse when they're comparing them to Latinos said some really racist really racist stuff along with some other things and the media has not touched it has not touched it to this point. This came out today on the Daily Caller. Reporter, have you picked a running mate yet? Biden, yeah, I have. Reporter, you have. Who is it? Biden says, you. Now, this was happening, apparently. This was, I don't know where this was. It's some kind of bike ride. I'll play the audio. I'll see if you guys can hear it. Take a watch. President, have you picked a running mate yet? Yeah, I have. You have? Who is it? Who is it? You. So Joe Biden says, yeah, he says, I have. And the reporter says, you have, who is it? He says, you. So hearing this, we weren't really sure if it was, uh, if he was being serious, if Joe was going through his whole entire dementia thing, or he was just being sarcastic because maybe he knew it was Fox News there that was reporting it. We're not sure. We're not entirely sure, but the rumors are now that it's either going to be between Kamala Harris or Susan Rice. And if you were to ask me personally who I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Susan Rice. And the reason, the only sole reason why I think it's going to be Susan Rice is because she's going to try to insulate herself from the Durham investigation or having conferences or talks or hearings with committees or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's the same thing they're doing with Joe Biden right now. They're insulating him because he's running for president. So there's some things that aren't going on that we don't, maybe we don't know about. But he's being insulated, and we've been told by this by Q, and it definitely seems what's going on. And to me, logically, it would make sense because Kamala Harris, give me a break. She's going to be the VP? I doubt it. That's an absolute joke. Susan Rice is even worse, but logically, it would make sense because these people are now looking for protection, so they're not prosecuted. That's what I have to think. But the worst part about it is, on, this is also from Fox News, Biden quips to Fox News, he decided on VP, campaign says it's a joke. Presumptive Democrat nominee Joe Biden quipped to Fox News on Saturday that he was picked a running mate. 
Before following it up with a joke when asked who the choice was, TJ Ducklow, the Biden campaign's national press secretary, later tweeted that the exchange was a clear was clearly a joke. When Vice President Biden has made a decision on who his running mate will be, he will let the American people know, he said. And maybe it was a joke, but at this point, Joe Biden's reputation is completely trashed at the moment. And probably forever, as far as a politician. He's been a career politician. He's sleazy. He has said some super, super racist things, not just recently, but way back in the day. You can go on YouTube. It's all over social media. You can talk about the things in the crime bill that he set up that was super racist and all the things he said about crime jungles and cities and all this terrible stuff. So to me, Biden has no ground to stand on as far as making jokes about anything at this point because we don't know if he actually is at this point. And we're here. It's August 8th, and we still don't know who's going to be the VP, his, his running mate. We still have no idea who that is. They're probably trying to figure out who was least to get arrested in all these investigations that are going on right now. That's just my two cents on it. That's just my two cents. But the biggest news to come out yesterday was the news about the United States Postal Service and what Trump's doing there just yesterday, what, 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 what the mainstream media is calling the Friday Night Massacre. And this is why I'm trying to tell people, as sucky as this week was, and I'll get it more into uh, the, uh, the energies and everything else towards the end of this episode, and we'll go into all that stuff. This week was rough for a lot of people. A lot of creators, stuff got canceled. Social media was really, really digging with the censorship. But there is some hope at the end of this tunnel. And as far as the election goes, this made me feel a lot better about where the direction of where things are going. So this is a uh, this is a blog called Common Dreams. They are clearly not supporters of Trump, but I'm going to read this in another article to give you guys the context of exactly what happened. This article came out yesterday. The Friday night massacre at U.S. Postal Service as Postmaster General, a major Trump donor, oust top officials. America is in is in a dead sprint of authoritarianism. I can't even say that right now. It's it's too early. The man is pulling out all the stops to prevent the citizens of this country from holding a legitimate election in which he might face removal from office. Really? So let's see what this is all about. So government watchdogs, Democratic lawmakers and pro-democracy advocates declared it a Friday night massacre for the U.S. Postal Service after news broke in a classic end of the week dump that Louis DeJoy, a major GOP donor to President Donald Trump and the recently appointed Postmaster General had issued a sweeping overhaul of the agency, including the ouster of top executives from key posts and the reshuffling of more than two dozen other officials and operational managers. So this guy here, Louis DeJoy, he is he is obviously a Republican. He's donated to the GOP. He is also donated to President Trump. He was put in as the new Postmaster General. And for a long time, Trump has been bashing the United States Postal Service. And just to give you guys a heads up, I mentioned in my last in my last episode, one of the few organizations that are backing Joe Biden and his party is the United States Postal Service. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. There's really barely anybody that's backing Joe Biden at this point. And one of the few organizations, this happens to be the United States Postal Service, which also happens to be the Democrats' biggest push for mail-in ballots, and of course, the post office is going to be on the, on their side with this. 
does that really surprise you? But the entire point of this is, is that the new postmaster general that, w- that was just placed in there is a supporter of Trump. The Democrats are thinking that, see, this guy's a Trump guy. He's, he's being placed there to slow down everything with these, uh, with, with all the millions of uh, ballots are going to be coming in supposedly because of COVID. He's going to slow this down. This is a push because Trump's, Trump's, uh, He's authoritarian. He's uh, he's a dictator. This is this is this is the Republicans' plans because Trump's Trump's a big dictator, and we're just we're heading towards a uh, un-American. Just America's just going to the shit, going to shit at this point. That's that's the Dems' view on this. But what's really going on here is that Trump has been talking about the post office for a long time, especially talking about how Amazon has taken advantage of them. He's brought this up many times before, saying that the system for the United States Post Office is is slow, it's old, it's broken, it doesn't work, and when you throw a pandemic on it, it's even worse. So this is what the common dreams took from the Washington Post. The shakeup came as as congressional Democrats called for an investigation of DeJoy and the most and the cost-cutting measures that have slowed the mail delivery and ensnared ballots in recent primary elections. 23 postal executives were, were reassigned or displaced. The new organizational chart shows. Analysis say the structure centralizes power around DeJoy, a former logistics executive and major ally of President Trump, and de-emphasizes decades of institutional postal knowledge. All told, 33 staffers included in the postal, old postal hierarchy either kept their jobs or were reassigned in the restructuring with five more staffers joining the leadership from other roles. So essentially, ladies and gentlemen, Trump's new postmaster general came in and shook up the entire top of the organization to the point where some of them didn't have jobs anymore. And if they were, they were reassigned to different things, which essentially tells me they are changing the way things are done in the post office. And the article continues saying, already under fire for recent policy changes at the USPS that mail carriers from within and outside critics denounced as a sabotage effort to undermine the Postal Service broadly, as well as disrupt efforts to carry out mail-in voting for November's election amid the COVID-19 pandemic. The moves unveiled late Friday were viewed as an overt assault on democracy and a calculated opportunity to boost Republicans' long-held dream of undercutting or privatizing the government-run mail service while also boosting their election prospects in the process, which is just, this is just reading to me, the only way we can cheat is now being snuffed out. And we're going to cry and moan and say, hey, this is Trump trying to be authoritarian and he's just being the dictator that he always was. This is what we're hearing. What I'm hearing is, no, there is going to be mail-in ballots this year. There's no way it's going to happen. But if it's going to happen, we need to change the way things are because even before all these mail-in ballots, the system was broken for a long time. And we're going to see here in a moment really what's going on with the post office because when you look at where the post office is as far as the financials, they're going under. They're going under. And this was already happening before Trump was even in the picture with all this. This is from the Star Tribune. With $2.2 billion loss in three months, this is just three months, they lost $2.2 billion. Postal Service shakes up leadership ranks. And there was something I had highlighted in here, but it looks like it went away, which is fine, which is fine. So the U.S. Postal Service says it lost $2.2 billion in the three months that ended in June as the beleaguered agency hit hard by the coronavirus pandemic piles up financial losses that officials warn could top $20 billion over two years. The post office is hurting right now for money. They need people for overtime that they cannot pay. So if that's getting cut. 
and already we see it. I've been I've been reporting on this for months, guys, and everyone that's been following me for the last two or three months, you can see it in my videos. There is rampant mail-in mail-in voting fraud all over the place. There has been experiments done by local news agencies themselves where they did a mock they did a mock hundred hundred envelope ballot, and these votes just disappeared. Or and then they had they, they disappeared straight up, and then one of the uh, reporters went into the post office, got a manager, and they supposedly found them. They found them on the floor somewhere. We're seeing examples of this every day, every single day. But now we have a man here that it was put there by Trump himself to completely overhaul the United States Postal Service. And even with that, Trump still thinks the idea of having millions and millions of these ballots come in and, and just believing the post office saying everything's going to be fine. You're just trying to undermine everything. And by putting this Republican, this, this guy that has donated to you in the past, by putting him in here, you are just putting him here as a plant to slow down the process so you can win the election. Cause Trump's oh so worried. He might lose this one to Joe Biden. They really think we're stupid. They honestly think we're stupid. But have faith, everybody. Seriously, have faith. Because when I saw this, because there's still in the back of my mind that something's going to happen where these 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 people are going to cheat. They're going to get this 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 the guy that's suffering from mental problems, dementia, whatever it is. He is going to get in as the president. But knowing this, put a little bit more ease in mind that somebody that's 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 a Trump appointed guy is now at the head of the United States Postal Service, and he shook up the entire top level. Shook up the executives, shook up everything. And the mainstream media is calling it the Friday Night Massacre. Friday Night Massacre. It's just unreal. And just to add the cherry onto the top here, this is from Greg Serafin, where I got the article from. Last night was Trump's true Friday Night Massacre. Last night, Trump's Postmaster General, Louis DeJoy, removed 23 USPS executives and two of the top executives. He is sabotaging the election. And this is what the Dems are freaking out about. And people like this are throwing in there that DeJoy owns between 30 to $77 million in assets and USPS competitors, which he does, which he does. But I doubt this man was placed here to completely bankrupt and destroy the United, what is the United States Postal Service. We still need the post office. I'm sure Trump didn't say, hey, man, when when you go here, I want you to destroy this organization. Trump doesn't like the organization. He has said multiple times it needs to be their business model needs to be remade, needs to be redone. Didn't say get rid of it, needs to be redone. And he's been he's been saying this for years, for years, even before he was in, in office. So that's where we're going with that. So have faith, people. Things are going to things are looking OK. So let's transition gears here to my good old state at New York. New York and stories about New York City. Just a real quick to add some uh, context to this, this this entire crappy week that we had. Everyone's still talking about HCQ. And if you do, especially on Twitter now, you're getting taken down. But this, this is from the New York Post. This real quick. New York City Councilman Paul Vallone credits uh, hydroxychloroquine for COVID-19 recovery. You will not see this on CNN. You won't see this on MSNBC, ABC News, Washington Post, New York Times. You will not see this story in any of any of those outlets because it's a Democrat that is literally saying right here, a Democratic New York City councilman says hydroxychloroquine saved his life. 
after a near-fatal run-in with COVID-19 in March. Paul Vallone, who represents Northeast Queens, took the drug along with a standard flu, z and came back from the brink almost immediately. I couldn't breathe, very weak, couldn't get out of my bed. My doctor prescribed it. My pharmacy had it. Took it that day, and within two to three days, I was able to breathe. Valone told the Post, within a week, I was back on my feet. And I just want to put it out there, YouTube, because I know you're listening. I'm not saying HCQ is the cure to this. Not at all. There is still debates out there, though, if, if, if it is or not. And we have seen so many times people going out, getting this, getting this drug, and it's actually helping them recover. And something I didn't realize, I guess the patent for HGQ is up. So apparently, this is me not having knowledge of the subject. When that happens, the money to be made on that drug for Big Pharma goes away. And it would explain perfectly why the push for vaccines is still happening right now and the absolute assault on any doctors or anybody that talks about HGQ as being something that could help with COVID are immediately attacked, censored, and put down for as for the alternative being vaccines. It's all about the money, people. It's all about the money, but I just wanted to point that out quickly because you will not see any of that. But again, if it was a Republican, there'd be hit pieces out on them all over the place. All over the place. But this was a Democrat who put politics aside, wanted to save his life, and look what happened. Look what happened. All right. So I just want to get into some little bit heavier stuff here. We're going to end on a, on a, uh, on a uh, good note, I promise, because we all need it, especially after this week. But just being in New York, seeing what's happening to the city around here, just it, it's, it's awful. It's awful. So starting off things on a good note here, let's see. New York City, this is also from the New York Post. New York City illegally placed pedophiles near Upper West Side Playground. Playground. So pedophiles being released and put out by a playground. The city dumped at least six homeless pedophiles all still on parole at a luxury Upper West Side Hotel, just a block from elementary school playground, an apparent violation of state law. Online records show the outrage is only the latest slap in the face to residents of the Manhattan neighborhood who has who, as the Post reported, have had to deal with everything from public urination to open drug use since the city began moving hundreds of homeless into the area amid the coronavirus. Completely unacceptable, see the Sabina Popovic, 32, who was at the playground with her daughter, five and son, one on Friday. The six parolees, including a man who had forced sex with a four-year-old girl, were listed by the state sex offender registry as current residents of the Belle Claire Hotel at Broadway and West 77th Street as of Friday night. New York City is probably never going to come back to the way it was. Not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. And literally, there is a dude here laying on, on stairs outside where this place is with his hands clearly down his pants. And this is right next to a playground. If you were, you could not destroy a city better than Mayor de Blasio himself and Cuomo. And you guys want to see the context of what I'm talking about? You're going to see it right here. This is from Dr. David Samadhi. Congratulations, Mayor de Blasio. The traffic has been solved in downtown Manhattan because everyone has left. Look at this. This is a Saturday view of Madison Avenue in New York City. Look at the number of people. I'm standing in the middle of the street for almost like five minutes. 
There's absolutely no car. This is unbelievable. Look at, look at. I've never seen Manhattan like this. He's never seen Manhattan like this. And guys, when the the last few weeks that I was the last uh, the last week that I was working, I saw parts of the Bronx and they were completely destroyed. That that was probably that was almost two months ago now. And Manhattan being completely vacant. If you guys have never been to New York City in your life, it's 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 unlike anything you've seen in the world. It truly is. New York City before all this, it was a it was a fun place to go to. I I would go at least a four or five times a year either see a Yankee game or just go to the city with, with my, with my wife, just going to the city and seeing there's a lot of fun things to do in New York city, a lot of fun experiences, a lot of amazing restaurants. There's so much history there. And now people are leaving in mass. They don't want to come back. And I told you guys that story from last week, the Cuomo was saying literally begging residents to come back and that he'll buy them a drink. But don't forget, Cuomo, you have to buy him food. You have to buy him food, too, or you won't or New York won't be able to serve you. He didn't say that in any of his uh, in his statement. Completely destroyed New York, absolutely destroyed it. And this is just one street. And I can tell you guys right now, the damage that was done from the riders and Antifa and whoever else. That, that was just a soft view of what it actually looks like, because I saw parts of the Bronx it looked like a war zone. And literally, I live I live about an hour above the city, going north. And right now, there are people all over the place, including my area, that are buying up houses and buying up real estate because they are not going back to the city and they have no intention of ever going back to the city. And the same people that have voted for Cuomo and de Blasio over and over and over again Maybe now they'll see the light because being a New York resident my entire life, this man, Cuomo, he just ends up back in office. The majority of the state does not vote for Cuomo, but the city controls so much of the population, it ends up going to him regardless, and it's just the same old bullshit every single year. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping this will be the wake-up call for New York, at least, because just as bad as I want to see California flip red, I would love to see New York flip red. To me, New York flipping red would be more of a miracle than California. It really would be. Because California, I could see it more than New York at this point. I just don't know. I just don't know. So where I want, to, I want us to uh, just focus here on real quick, there is light at the end of this tunnel. There was a lot of negativity, a lot of negative energy coming at us this week. There was a lot that had to do with the stars, a lot had to do with a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of stuff. And um, I just want to give, you know, just some attention to uh, to human trafficking victims, child trafficking victims, because this, this is eventually where I'm going to end up going. So this is from the White Rabbit here on Twitter. This man is talking about the transportation methods of these people getting shipped here in these uh, in these big big uh, shipping containers. Let's just watch this real quick. One of the most overlooked aspects of human trafficking is the method of transportation. How are they moving these people all around the world? I believe it's through container ships. I'm currently standing on a container ship with roughly 10,000 containers. Maybe 5 to 10% of the cargo that comes in and out of the United States is scanned, x-rayed, and looked at by CBP. Any one of these containers you see on this ship 
could have about 75 people in it. Uh, we know, I've talked to CBP agents before, they have found containers with advanced life support systems, uh, food and supplies for these people to live in these containers for a substantial amount of time while they move from port to port. I believe it's a huge problem. I honestly believe, I have seen with my own eyes, I have seen families, I have seen children, we've seen stowaways, and it really makes you wonder, is this how they're moving them all, right? Is this how they're moving them all? Is this how they're moving them all? And obviously, yeah, it is. The You know, all these kids go missing. Millions of kids go missing. People in general go missing all all the time in the United States and all over the world. And where do they go missing and how do they get to these people? He said 5 to 10% of those containers are x-rayed and looked through. Because the there's just it's impossible logistically impossible as of right now I think maybe there is technology they could check all these containers but as of right now as I know there's so much that they they're only able to put the resources into checking five to ten percent so think about that ninety to ninety five percent of these containers are going unchecked and they have found himself personally advanced life saving technology inside these containers to keep these people alive. While they are inside them, he said they can fit up to 75 people in these containers. 75. I would love to know how much on the market 75 young women can go for, children can go for. And this is why it's a billion dollar market and it's the biggest problem we're facing today. And mainstream media does not want to talk about it. Does not want to talk about it. So I just wanted to bring that up as just a... Uh, just. In case you were wondering how this stuff is done, that is obviously definitely one way that it's being done and being done on a massive scale, not just in this country, but it's it's a worldwide whole it's a worldwide inter, um, worldwide operation. It's all connected. It's all connected. And just the last story here, 34 men arrested in undercover operations targeting would-be child sexual predators. This was out in California. Again, another major pedophile ring broken. Um 34 men were arrested in an undercover operation targeting would-be child sex sexual predators in Fresno County. Sheriff Margaret Mims announced Friday, overall 34 men have been arrested and booked into jail on various charges relating to arranging to meet arranging to meet with a ch- with a child for sex ranging from 19 to 63. And I'm not going to get into the details of the article, but guys, if you really if you really put in the effort to look, almost every single day there these people are being arrested. These rings are being broken down, not just not just in this country, all over the world. And I've never seen an effort just being even before I was awake. I've never seen so many headlines and so many stories about these rings being broken up and the attention that traffic, human trafficking is given and all in pedophilia is given and these disgusting people that are just prey on our children. They prey on our children. And this is where I want to just end off. At some point. Doing what I'm doing now, because I, I watched a video by this by by the guy who made um he made this video that was on Amazon. It was up for like a year and a half. It was about child sex trafficking, and it got taken down by Amazon um like a week ago. The guy who wrote it was in Hollywood for 20 years. He was around these people for a very long time. He know he you could tell he did, he was convicted what what he was talking about, and he said all these left versus right politics, all these divisional um these all these division narratives with BLM and Antifa. And all, all these topics that I talk about on this channel, a lot of us talk about, 
he really broke it down and said none of this actually matters because really what matters more than anything right now is the is the is the praying of kids and i went through some of the galen maxwell documents the new ones uh, jeffrey epson documents galen maxwell documents whatever you want to call them the newest latest 2024 documents that came out and galen maxwell is quoted as saying that she looks at the children that they preyed upon as trash and garbage and the theme that it was taken that I got from this video, this 38 minute video of this screenwriter that worked in Hollywood that wrote this, made this video about child trafficking. The, I was still shocked to see the absolute disdain that these people, these elites that run everything, they run everything. The ones we don't even see these psychopaths that we don't even know. They love to prey on, the, on children and do the worst possible things to them because they think they deserve it. And they look at them as garbage and things to use and then dispose of. And he further continues to talk about how the average lifespan of these victims is seven to eight years old. And you wonder why the demand for these for these kids is so high and why so many people go missing and so many kids go missing every year in this country and all over the world. It's feeding a demand. It's a drug to them. So... I got my hands full with this channel right now, but I'm telling you guys right now, I've been tweeting about it. I've been thinking about it. I'm going to start something, either team up with somebody or start my own organization to, to help, help with these victims. Anybody that's been abused, just humans, humans in general that have been broken like that. It doesn't even have to be trafficking because if we can't protect our kids, we can't protect our future. We've lost everything. We've lost everything. We have nothing left. And arguing about politics, talking about, you know, Trump, uh, left versus right, even Q stuff. I haven't been really talking about Q stuff on this channel, and for good reason, just because we really haven't had to. Haven't really needed to cover it. I think Q is just a stepping stone, and it'll be remembered as a huge part of this, but it's not going to be the end-all, be-all. So... We'll just have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. But eventually down the road, I'm going to start something because for me, having a kid of my own, what does all this mean? If ultimately we, all we can talk about this stuff, it's making people aware, but if we're not actually helping the kids and preventing these things from happening, what's the point of all this right now? That's what I'm asking everybody. So we'll just have to see where this ends up. But it was a rough week for a lot of us. Um, just, you know, hurricanes over here, the, the tactics being deployed by social media right now, everyone lost hundreds of followers yesterday, everybody, I think it was on both sides, left and right, whatever you talked about, uh, just purging of accounts. We can't, we can't prove it was QAnon accounts, but we have a good feeling that it was, we have big accounts that I follow that I respect that are getting suspended right now. And usually it means for things they never done. They have backup accounts that they never tweeted from and they're getting taken down for for uh, for violating Twitter rules when there's never been a tweet actually put out on an account, but they're still somehow violating Twitter rules for just existing. And it usually means that's leading up to full out canceled because we have gotten to the point where we're so big and our voice is so loud that they cannot just, they can't chip at, chip at us anymore by giving us strikes 
by telling us you're banned for a day, two days, then a week, then you're gone. They've gone to, and this is this is podcasting, this is social media, this is everything. They've gone to warnings to you wake up and it's gone. No notification. You're lucky if you get a notification, but most of the time there's no notification, no nothing. You're canceled. There's no explanation, and you you have to sit there and deal with it. They have to literally erase us because that is how much damage we are doing. So be encouraged, ladies and gentlemen. This was a rough week. It's going to get better. I meditated. I meditated and prayed uh, this morning for for a very long time, and it helped me a lot. I got grounded again. Everything's going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. And we just need to continue to trust the plan and see where it plays out because we have nothing else to have hope in at this point. Things are going to be all right. Things are going to look up, all right? We'll be fine. So thank you guys for uh, hanging out with me. This is a great episode that I wanted to end the week off. I want to forget this week even happened. Start fresh on Monday with my Patreon, with my patrons. And then Tuesday, I'm obviously doing my live stream with all of you at 8 o'clock. And then Wednesday, my show with Methods. And we're going to get all that squared away. It's going to be all right. So on the way out, guys, please go like, share, comment. Tell everyone about this channel. Let them know we are the news now. Give this episode a like so it can get found in the search algorithms a little bit easier. If you guys want to go to my Patreon, I have my levels here. If you guys want to be a diehard fan and contribute to the show on a monthly basis, we have the 5, 15, and 25, but guys, you can do as little as a dollar. It doesn't have to be these plans here. It can be a dollar, two dollars. It does not matter. It all goes to the channel to make this show better. And of course, when you go to my store on the way out, please check out my merch. The merch is also on the main screen. It's made by two local businesses, one including my brother's business and Bruce, which is right next door to him. They are two local businesses here in New York that are making all these products that you see here. We have shirts, hoodies, cups, we even have, uh, we have, I think Todd added uh, some other things too. Some glassware, hats, tank tops, V-necks, ladies wear, men's wear, all that stuff. All really cool stuff here. And it's supporting this channel and it's supporting local businesses here in New York for all the products are made in the United States. So we got Q coasters and wine tumblers, a whole bunch of stuff. So go check it out. If you see something, you like it, go buy it. It's supporting this channel and we we'll really appreciate it. And of course, check out my sponsors at Flipsy all in the description below. So thank you guys. You were wonderful. I'll see everybody on Tuesday. And as I always say, stay safe, stay warm, and stay woke. See you later, guys.